there, but there was that one person in front of me, and it was that guy. Where am I? Okay, but it was that guy that was like, oh, like, you know, as soon as the guy would answer a question, but then I've got this in my back pocket, like, can I ask you about this? <laughs> hey! Facebook. Now. What's up, Facebook? We are. Uh, we're gonna take a little shot before we get started. Uh, cheers to uh, <laughs> you guys and Espalone and Casey. Yeah, thanks cheers. for being here. Casey, thank Absolutely. you for being here. Yeah. I'm very, very happy and honored to be amongst people that are kin to me and entrepreneurs and business owners. So I'm very lucky to be here. Awesome. Oh yeah, man. Cheers. 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 Well, I've always wanted hairs on my chest. <laughs> Welcome to episode three. My name is Manny, and we are here with Lindsay, uh, Marco, and we have our special guest Casey in here today. So, welcome to our uh, new edition of. Soundbites HTS. Soundbites HTS. Alright. Oh, uh, share the link. Did, are we live? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course we are. Otherwise, we're talking to nobody right now. I feel like you have this wonderful dual personality where you're gonna be like, oh, wait, let's restart. Oh, <laughs> like, hold on. And I'm bad. My Dwayne Wayne's. I have several <laughs> pairs. <laughs> Okay, uh, gotta pay homage to uh, where I got the coolness from. Oh yeah. Um, how's everybody's day? How's everybody's weekend? Wow. Ah! Most busy Cinco de Mayo. Oh yeah, y'all did some good Cinco de Mayo this. No, hey. thankfully, actually, I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was just party. a good weather, you know, weekend kind of thing. Yeah, it, it was a beautiful weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Glad to hear that. I thought it was. I thought it was raining or pouring here. Y'all were, yeah, thought just flooded streets again. But I guess that was Austin. Yeah, I, no, I, that's where I was. I was in Austin. Yeah, I was in California. Oh, but it was beautiful on my drive home, of course. I was here in Texas, just had terrible rain, so I, uh, I figured it was down to Houston, too. I'm actually glad I got stuck in the rain. I was at a concert, and it was uh, industrial-ish, metal kind of thing. And it was at Mohawk, and it was outside. And at first, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to suck so bad. But finally, just everybody was like, we all look like shit. We're all so, so, like soaking wet. Like, fuck it. Like, let's just party. And it was the best concert, which I say after most concerts I go to. But I really, really meant it this time. <laughs> I love, I love uh, listening to music in the room, especially like jumping around and dancing. And oh, yeah. It, it was, makes, it, makes it, it more was, memorable. You can take good pictures like that, don't they? Didn't you take a picture dancing in the rain? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was. Uh, I have a picture of me dancing. I think that's my like profile picture right now. Oh, with your dreads yeah. like yeah. Just flying yeah. in the air. <laughs> Maybe it's just the effects of the yeah the dreads the, just the like <laughs> making raining. <laughs> Make it rain. <sighs> well, happy Tuesday, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go. Casey. So you own uh, Food Music Live. Life. And yes. uh, how long have you been on the road? I've been on the road for four years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 I know Marco was telling us about it. It was, uh, and then I checked out the uh, the actual truck. 
Dude, the artwork on it. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that artwork. Yeah. You just keep yeah, it, huh? Extremely yeah. eclectic truck. Yeah. <laughs> it is, a, I think eclectic is probably the best word I could think of for it. It's cool. I like it. Now, are you from Houston? I am from Houston. Born and raised. I've left a number of times and I just keep coming back. Nice. <laughs> south side, north side, or are you just from uh, down on the south side? Yeah, well, I mean, like all the way down to like Seabrook, so it's pretty far down there. Oh, okay. And is that, is that, is that, is that your, is that, where you most the trucks mostly at? No, we're mostly in like Montrose, okay. Midtown area, kind of in the heart. I mean, okay. we definitely have a very like heavy cultural aspect to the truck, all yeah. of our work. So it's kind of more of one of those things where we want to be like in the center of the city where things are going on. Nice. But um, I mean, we could talk a lot about a number of things, but that's part of the food truck trend too, is that this, the trend has been expanding. So we often go to El Campo now and yeah. Woodlands and Clear Lake, you know, so it's, it's now one of those things where I've gotten used to going out in the suburbs, uh-huh. but definitely like all the events that I want to party at and be at definitely are in the city. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, that, that's something that I, I thought was very important when we were getting started is you could go, you know, you could go left and right, um, up and down into the burbs, but staying relevant inside the loop, that's really what's going to get the most, I think, press coverage, or especially in the, art, you know, the artsy community, the hip community, exactly. um, and, and, and staying inside the loop, it, it was art. I mean, it was art when we got started, because yeah. that's really what we're competing with is you're not just competing with other food trucks, you're competing with all the businesses down there and all the chefs and all the, you know, all the, all the hip and crazy new stuff they're doing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you've been doing it pretty well. As far as I've known you, as long as, yeah, as, long as I've known about your truck and, and you know, been, uh, was regarded as a friend. So as long as we've been, yeah. we've been friends, he's, he's, he's been, he's always doing some really hip events, some, some cool dinners. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. No, kudos. Well, I mean, if you want to hear about my upcoming cool dinner. Um, yeah. Actually. <laughs> So I guess, I mean, clearly we're all talking, so I have to invite you to this party. But, um, I, can't I love this. <laughs> the exact date on the air, because this is kind of an exclusive party, but it's actually going to be a kickoff for this series of cooking videos that I'm about to produce. Oh, and nice. I've actually got about 10 of them already up on YouTube. Okay. Uh, so we're into week five of this 10 week release. So you can see the first five videos. We kind of make like uh, aioli, which is like French mayonnaise. Nice. We make strawberry limeade. Nice. Yeah, so there's just- We're gonna like, have to uh, put that link. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. check it out for sure. So, yeah. So, but a question about that. So, did you just th- that idea came out of nowhere? You wanted to make some cooking videos, or did you partner up with somebody? Think about this, honestly, dude. This is like one of those things where I have, like, in my twenties, I was like, dude, if we had YouTube when we were twelve, oh yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, for a while, I was like, man, I missed it. You know, and I'm like, no. If you want something, go get it. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I just, I feel like I need to talk to people about food and educate them. Mm. And I'm like, YouTube's a perfect platform. That's so I'm real. just going for it, you know? And it's like one of those things where I set a goal this year. I'm like, I want to try and have at least, hopefully, 30 YouTube videos by the end of the year. I'm already 10 there. Right. But, and it takes a lot of work. I started back in January yeah. and I barely have 10 videos. So this is our kickoff party that I'm telling you about that we're going to shoot another 10 and it's like, I'm going to try and shoot all of it in one week. So you're doing, shoot. so you, you've had 10 and you started in January? I started in January. Yeah. Was, but so you're at least doing one, one a month. 
No, 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 no. The way I shoot is kind of strange. Okay. I just, <laughs> oh, okay. And so it's like three or four hours of footage, and then we just pull these videos that are like five minutes long out of it. Yeah. So like from from an artistic standpoint, it's really fun because it's just like you gotta go. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm gonna try and do like eighty minutes wow. of this in a week. Nice. So I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna try. I think I can yeah. do it, but it's like I'm just gotta. Get in I mean, hands. listen. If 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 you want. If, Sitting here listening to you, I believe you're gonna do it. But I also, <laughs> but I also understand how fucking difficult it is. Yeah. But there's no doubt you're gonna get it done. But that's the exciting part. That whole fucking process, setting that goal and saying, "This is what I want to do. This is what I believe in. I'm gonna get it done." Yeah. Now, have you always been that way? Yeah, kind of. Purpose driven. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, definitely. Growing up, though, I've realized that a lot of my purpose was just misplaced, mm. or like I misunderstood things. And that's kind of, I guess, part of the process of the artist, too, is I was just a rebel for a long time. But now I understand what I am working for and what I'm trying to educate people on and just fundamentally encourage those other strong people in the world that want to do things mm. to get stronger. Because that's the truth of the matter is you either get stronger or die. Mm. You know, and you may be getting weaker in your body, but if you are not moving forward... I mean, I understand this world has a lot of pressures and it's easy to just sit down and watch television and do what you want to do, but, you know, no, no. You've, you've got to only create your destiny and make your dreams a reality because nobody else in this world is going to for mm. you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Unless uh, you're my wife, but I'm one of those, so... I mean, know. do you want one? Because I want you to talk me to sleep every night. I was, oh I was my God. I like wrote down here, I was like, voice. So I've always thought Casey has a great voice for like narrating things. Oh and when you watch gosh. his YouTube videos, they're very clear and he's very like like I could see you actually a segment on like Food Network or like <laughs> on like Maybe. I could yeah. see you on a segment and because your voice is really clear, it's really and you're very articulate. It, yeah, it, you should y'all should watch the those. <laughs> just make Naoli and I'm gonna sleep. like re I'm just gonna listen to this podcast every <laughs> night before I go to sleep. And I'm gonna wake up in the best mood every day and ready to like greet the world and be like, ah, Casey talks really good right. tonight. Look, look for our uh, future podcast, Casey Reads Bedtime Stories. <laughs> While Lindsay snores. <laughs> that is too funny. So, how, how long have you been in, uh, when, when did you, when did food start to become a passion for you? Oh man, this is getting into delicate family issues. <laughs> My mom was not a very good cook. <laughs> and uh, I was sorry, just, mom. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, mom. She's awesome. She's so great. But uh, she gave me a lot of wonderful talents, but really cooking was not one of them. Uh, so I just was like, you know, I want to cook. Like, uh, I don't want to eat baked chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, I convinced my parents to get a grill for my dad, like, for Father's Day. Uh -huh. It wasn't even for me. It was just a grill in the backyard. And I was like, all right, let's cook. So uh, I kind of did that. I worked in kitchens just going into college. And then I was like, I want to go to culinary school. Uh -huh. And, of course, my parents were like, no, don't. Don't do that. And I was <laughs> like, well, I, mean, I really want to go. Uh -huh. So I took a little bit of break from college. I went over to Italy and went to culinary school. Oh, there. in Italy. Nice. Yeah. yeah How was that? Oh, man. At the time, it was it was so awesome. You know, I would love to go back and do it again, but I'm glad I at least did it when I was young. But there's just so many things that slipped through my fingers then mm -hmm. that, I mean, I at least 
I guess the seeds were planted, and so now I kind of am like able to look back. How old were you when you were there? I was 20 and 21. So oh, shit. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's like turn 21 there. That was awesome. Right. You know, like, <laughs> it was just, and I met so many friends. Young Rack from like Korea. Shout outs to some of my friends from culinary school. But they, you know, some of those people, Paul from Australia, he's got a place now in Perth. And so just to see oh, like shit. all of my friends going and doing other things, right. it's just like, hey, you gotta keep going. Anytime you get down, it's like this thing about all those people that you knew and have gone on to do things. You're like, dude, they're gonna be thinking about me too and they don't wanna make a stop. Mm. Yeah. Who was your example for that? Uh, like, I guess people that I looked up to. Yeah. Um, I've had a number of them growing up, but I would honestly say like Ernest Hemingway has been a great example oh, wow. of just a writer that is determined to create an experience and then give the world a unique story about it. Wow. Um, Lawrence Durrell is another wonderful writer that he lived basically in between two world wars mm -hmm. and wrote this wonderful book series called the Alexandria Quartet. Um, but just people, I guess, that have really taken something from their lives and been able to give it as a unique perspective to the rest of the world is a humbling thing. Wow. And so you're trying to do that with who? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I guess like a little bit of my passion is just more the story of food. Mm. And we don't even really think about the power, the energy that we're consuming each time we eat. But it's like you just think about that little plate of food that you eat every six hours, eight hours, maybe once a day sometimes. <laughs> like that gets you the whole rest of the day. And your body is doing all of these crazy processes that we don't even consciously think about to keep us moving, to keep us healthy. And it's all from the food that we put into our bodies. Hmm. Yeah. And that's a big movement right now too with, <laughs> with uh, there's a growing trend of vegans, vegetarians, uh, yeah, I mean, conscious diet, like where it yeah. comes from, how it's cooked, uh, what's used to cook it, and, and, and you know, you have these like fat diets that go, no, this is the way it should be, this is the way it should be, but, um, I'm not here to try and change anybody. Y'all yeah. <laughs> are all the way you are, and I'm just hanging out watching. Yeah, no. that's, a good, that's a good, that's a great way to be, yeah. yeah. Well, I think and especially once you try it. And, and, and you become aware of it, right? That you're, you're eating, uh, that you're, your reason for eating should be for source of energy. Of and, course. And being able to yeah. work, not to indulge. So like satisfy cravings or and, like, yeah. And once you put that on your, on your forehead and you, and you think about it and you slowly start making changes until you start feeling those positive uh, effects and you're like, oh shit, okay. Well, maybe I shouldn't be eating this 32 ounce cup of exactly. coke. And, and, and for those of y'all listening that care where your food comes from, Casey is always at the farmers markets. He's always sourcing his food. Yeah. From, so if you're looking for something really healthy to eat, you can always pretty much be guaranteed that if you're eating on food and supply, it's it's sourced properly and cooked well. Thank you. Thank you. So you you were in Italy from 21, 22. I mean, from 20. 21, mm -hmm. you had your birthday out there, and you came, and, uh, and you came back. Yeah. Oh, man. What so, happened? Uh, <laughs> so I finished college, and of course, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, even as a person that is pursuing my dream, at certain points in time in your life, you've got to put that on the shelf, mm. just because you got to make money. So I graduated college, you know, we all got dead. I'm like, well, I'll be a salesman. 
So I sold industrial adhesives for like four years. Wow. So a lot of it was really cool because I could go into like the bottling plants at Pepsi, at Anheuser-Busch, all these different food manufacturing companies. We make like 80% of the country's consumption of egg rolls like here in Houston. Wow. Yeah. And so like being an egg roll is percent Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've had a couple of friends who work for like egg roll factories here. Yeah. And there's one over by U of H. And there's, there's a huge one by U of H. Yeah, right next to you. It's <laughs> the more you know, Star Rainbow. Yeah. And we actually, I bought like four fryers from one on the south side, like maybe uh, you know, on the way to Galveston. I forgot exactly what it was, but it was a big factory. And he had these like 80 pound fryers. And it's like, what do you use these for? He never, he never used a couple of them. It's like, oh, well, we make egg rolls like every day. The ones you buy in stores right. for like three bucks, you know, right. a pack. Why are we obsessed with egg rolls? Houston, why are we obsessed with egg rolls? We're obsessed with anything that you can hold in your hand. Anything shaped like a penis. salad shape. (laughs) (laughs) Corn dogs, hot dogs. Pretty much, it's it's like the handheld obsession. Like, you can hold your phone. We're going to use it more. Just watch Superbad. They named them all there. No, but it's it's because we're lazy, man. Americans are lazy. We like to dip things, too. But the easiest chicken, thing, chicken yeah. put it in my chicken hand, tender. put it in my mouth, and it's a complete meal. And brisket egg rolls. <laughs> those, those, those brisket egg rolls are good. Oh, yeah. oh, Do not oh, take the brisket they egg are, rolls off the menu. They're a little bit more work than, yeah. Oh, those, honestly, those are all real well. They've been making those from the beginning. Like that's, From my opinion, that's probably one of your most intensive prep things. Yeah. But really, yeah. I think it does show like how much you care about the food. Right. Because his brisket egg rolls are the best. <laughs> they're sexy. Yeah. They're sexy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect, like, uh, you know, it's Texas, it's Asian. Oh, yeah. That's what we are. <laughs> We're I'm crazy. Both of those things. <laughs> I know, I know. So we, I love that, and both hate, sorry, oh, just the headphones. Uh-huh. I apologize to inanimate objects all the time. <laughs> um, I love that we have a show about food. We never no, actually have food on the show. <laughs> we rule. just talk about it, and I just get tortured for an hour and a half. Just talk about it, and, yeah. or eat my grandma cookies down there. <laughs> Facebook Live. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You we appreciate uh, everyone except uh, Mary, that hater. <laughs> Mary Hayden. Yeah, well, oh she had a little lamb one time. We're watching sound bites HCX, like and we have Mr. Casey in the building. Food, music, life. He's been telling us about his background. Spent two years in Italy, graduated college out there, came back. Said, fuck it, I gotta work. <laughs> I got bills to pay. So he started selling industrial. Uh, industrial adhesives. Yeah. Industrial adhesive. Now, what were you doing to uh, fulfill the, your food passion? Were you working on the side, part time? Actually, that kind of might even segue good into what I wanted to talk about with Marco a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really, I was just kind of doing random catering gigs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it'd be like graduations, and I did like my first wedding, and so, oh gosh, that one was bad. (laughs) I've I've gotten so much better from So how big was that first wedding? I'm just curious. First wedding was for like 112 people. How many? Uh, So you made all the food, or you had? Yeah. How much help did you have? I had like two helpers. Pretty much, but I did everything like in my house. <laughs> that was back then. And he, I mean, he comes up with some really like, creative, some really fancy, yeah. fancy, pretty dishes, well presented. So I can, I can only imagine just you and two people just yeah. fucking using a little oven. But uh, since then, I have catered almost seventy weddings. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's and awesome. I average about four to seven a year with the food truck. Mm. So. 
I mean, we have done so many incredible weddings. Like we, so the dragonfly that we have painted on the food truck, uh, right whenever that got finished, we did a wedding in June down in Galveston. And that night, all of these dragonflies got trapped in the food truck because it was like in a swamp and they were just like everywhere flying around. The next morning, I was at the farmer's market and opened up the window and like all of these oh, dragonflies <laughs> just flew out of the food truck. And I was like, I'm so glad that that piece of artwork is up here when all of this like played out. Oh. It was just like, you know, kind of completing yeah. the cycle. Came full circle. Yeah. Right. And I've had so many awesome weddings where you just see people make unique experiences. Mm. And that's kind of one of the things that I want to kind of offer up as advice to anyone else that's listening that wants to have a catering company or a food truck, mm -hmm. any sort of food service, is that food is a fundamental part of any human experience. I mean, we have been gathering around food since the beginning of time. And you should be capitalizing on helping other people create those unique experiences through your food. Mm -hmm. And so just one, one pillar of what I think is fundamentally important to getting weddings is to having your own website, to having all the pictures up that you can of past caterings, mm -hmm. of anything that you've done that's unique, because you know the basic SEO stuff is gonna get you in front of people when they're looking for those things. Um, so another important part of getting catering business is getting people from those caterings that are already where you're catering food to get you to cater their next event. So, I mean, if they already see what you're doing and like the food, you're already a positive image in their mind. And so you just need to make sure that you're planting the right seeds with those people and through the relationships of hopefully the host, whoever you did the business with, that they are going to recommend you and help pass you along. Mm. Um, the third thing that I was thinking of is just public events. You know, when you're doing open food service, you never know what's going on in people's lives. And so just making sure that you are talking about the caterings that you've done, or I always like to prep over on caterings and then do them as specials at the food truck the next uh, day, because well, then you're just That's kind of smart. organically telling people, hey, here, try the leftovers of what we did for other people. And then they, when they see That's that smart. little bit of special, then they're like, oh, well, my dad's having his birthday next week, or my kid's graduating from college next month, or I'm getting married. So that's an easy way, too, of putting that notion into people's minds. Because truly, catering is kind of an exclusive thing, and if you're not doing it, it's hard to get into it. But if you do it fundamentally, you will have that ingrained in your business. And even talking with you in the, in the past conversation that we had, I think that you and I kind of just get business in different ways. Yeah. Like, I've noticed that I talk specifically with a lot of brides and kind of help them curate the whole concept of what's happening. There are a lot of DIY weddings, but then how can you get a food truck to cater to, like, a big event right. that already has a kitchen? So you have to recognize, like, your specific market segment, but at the same time, people are getting married every day in the city. Mm. So you're just missing out on those caterings if you don't have that in your business. Right. Yeah. Man, this is... Yeah. This is something. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I'm going to go home and watch this later. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a information. I mean, we all know I'm going to listen yeah. to it again. So. <laughs> no. And, and I think to touch on what Casey was saying was, um, you know, even if, if your food truck, if you think, oh, well, you know, my food's not fancy enough. There's, mm -hmm. like you said, there's weddings every day. There's wedding, you know, I have photographer friends that, 
they said they'd be wetting the cost like three thousand all the way to like half a mil to you know so there are there's you know people there is a, a requirement or a demand for food at a wedding Absolutely. and it doesn't always have to be if you don't say oh well, my food's not fancy enough my food's not. i mean you're not it's never going to work unless you put yourself out there and actually try and, and actually go and do one you know you want you know do the best you can because it is someone's special day right. um but you, you just have to get out there do it do them right make sure you're putting out your good product um presentation uh i mean casey covered a lot of things i was actually gonna ask him um you know what what um like truck presentation, do you present yourself differently? Is there something that you would, uh, presentation-wise, would you say, should they use different uh, plates, for example, or napkins or set up? Do you do anything special when you do those those weddings? This is kind of something that I anticipated we might get into, but I guess for <laughs> just the, the topic at hand, I don't want to go too much into details of how I do things because they may not be beneficial for everyone listening. Um, but like we did talk specifically about like the logistics of how you would serve the food at a bigger event oh, yeah. that yeah. some people may fear or like not know how to approach. And that's something that, you know, the understanding of just utilizing chafing dishes or your oven to hold fried food after you've fried it so that way you can have 40 portions of wings ready to go. Uh, that's something I definitely can answer like specific questions, but I would say um, mostly like one, if you have a food truck or if other people are buying your food, your food's already fancy enough to create a specific, mm. unique experience. Everyone. So do not fear catering a wedding and thinking that your food is not good enough because if the person's approached you, they already think your food's right. good enough. And you've already been cooking for your friends and your family for however long, leading you up to this decision. Mm. So the biggest thing that I could say is gauge what the bride wants and make sure that everything has been specifically defined. For example, one time a trash can bit me in the ass at a wedding and we didn't have any trash disposal and it was at a house. So make sure you're thorough, cover the details, figure out where you fit into the catering. Mm. If they just come up and eat your food and then you drive away, cool. You know, that's even easier for your setup and maybe you should just start by doing that because then you can get pictures of a whole bunch of people in wedding regalia right in front of your food truck and that's gonna help your business going forward. So I would say, you know, special plates, anything like that, figure out what the bride wants, but also be very economical. Mm -hmm. Because part of caterings too that I had to endure at the beginning was you gotta buy chafing dishes, mm -hmm. you gotta buy all yeah. those plates, you gotta yeah. do all that stuff. So obviously be cost conscious and make sure that all those prices, they're getting passed on to that person. And if they're too much, then cut it down and reduce the services that you're offering to fit into their price budget. And not only all that, but if, even if you don't make a lot of profit in the beginning, of course, yeah. do it for the experience. Yes. Experience the, yeah. alone will Pay dividends down the road. Definitely. Don't lose money. Right. Don't lose money. Right. Yeah. If you're right. But, much, if, but if you're not making much, if yeah. you're just covering costs and then enough money for gas, yeah. Do and it. that's your first one, you better do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it goes like that sometimes. And like you, like Casey said, there are some some expenses that you're going to have to incur first time around. You don't own chafing dishes? Well, guess what? You're going to have to buy chafing dishes. The burners aren't the cheapest thing in the world. But, you know, you have to get some just in case it pops up. Um, but, you know, the second time around, it's going to be mostly all profit because you've already got all the stuff. Now you're, weddings. Weddings. I did a wedding uh, last last month. And uh, I had done a couple before, but I felt very comfortable Good. with this one. Like, I was in my element with this. And 
I invited them over to the house for a tasting. I said, I want to invite you over. We're going to test out. You know, they gave me a, a samples that they wanted. They wanted to go Italian. Uh, so we, we did a couple different little uh, dishes. But I surprised myself when I invited them over. I said, why don't y'all come over? We'll do a tasting. And they were very open to it. They're like, yeah, we'd love to. Uh, when they came, I had everything prepared. I had a nice bottle of wine for them. Opened a bottle of wine. We sat there. Uh, we talked the whole time. Drank wine. Ate. And it, the tasting was like this. Like we didn't realize that we had a tasting. Because I was nervous. It was my first big wedding. I'm inviting them over. I'm, I'm, I don't want to you know, mess this up. Say something wrong. You know, misstep. But by the time I looked up, it was over. They were happy as hell. They loved yeah. everything. They made a decision. We did the wedding and went off without a hitch. And my point is, weddings are very intimate. Yeah. And yeah. and you have to, you have to, like you were saying, see where you fit into it. And doing those little things, making that investment, just. Going out there trying to get those caterings, whether it's a wedding anniversary, and not be engaged in in in, in the experience they're looking for, you're wasting your time, and you not only not only is it going to be bad, you're just gonna you're not going to be able to build that that clientele, that reputation, be able to capture the the pictures. I love everything that you said. The website, the photos, it all it all plays an intricate part. I love I love your your theme. The yeah. quite um, not Victorian, but Art Nouveau. <laughs> yes, that's the word I was thinking of. That's the word I was thinking of. I was like, ah, uh, I, I love it. It's yeah. such a it's. I like the theme. I like everything about it. Um, I do have a question. If you want to jump in, okay, yeah. How do you market differently to say, because you you clearly have a great passion for doing weddings, and I can see that just by the love that you put into it, even just speaking about it. Um, but how would you approach? How do you market differently to say weddings as opposed to a music festival or a just a place to have your truck on a weekend night? Or something like that. How do you market differently? What, like for instance, for a wedding, um, do you have? Or, yeah, sorry. I think I kind of get what yeah. you're asking. Um, I would also like to pose if we could have another shot of tequila. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, Ooh, mine has to be baby. I do have to work at some point today. <laughs> Hold on to that. So to begin to answer your question, I would say a lot of that has kind of come from the trend expanding and moving to the suburbs. Are you down for one this thing? Shit. Where's that for? Yeah, run again. Do you have a bottle of water as well? Yes. Or can I share this one? No, yeah, that's yours. There we go. Thank you. Don't worry about it. I'll take it right here. That's all you can. That should be mine. That should be mine. Sorry, boss, if you're watching. I promise I'll be on time. I'm just preparing for hell. No, no, don't worry about it. Thank you. It's hell week in the gallery area, so yeah, it's OTC week. I know, I know, I know. The money, the money, the money, the money, the money, but oh my. 
Yeah, man. Oscar, I think Oscar's watching. He's probably out there at OTC. Energy making money. One of his fleets. One of his fleet of trucks. Shout out, Oscar. Como estas? Um, did you y'all get into the heat? I know. Well, we were pouring the tequila, and then we were going to get into the marketing question. Half of that. Well, half of that. That's good. Oh, man. That one was supposed to be mine. Yeah, let me do it. Yeah, OTC, have y'all ever done those OTC events? No. 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 It's... If anybody doesn't know what OTC is, it's an offshore technology convention that is at NRG. All the talent. Or if you're a server, bartender, stripper, or testifier. Oh, man. Oh, man. But they love to drink, and there is so much money. To be made, but they it's busy. Cheers. Fun time. Here's our piece of the pie. Yeah. It's our piece of the pie. <laughs> oh, and oh, I've got something to say. It's Tequila Tuesday at the win at the Wednesday. At the West at the West End. It's, it's Tequila, tequila Tuesday. Tuesday at the Wednesday. <laughs> it's Tequila Tuesday at the West End, so it's quite perfect that I'll be there later. You know what's funny? <laughs> what? This gym used to be called West End. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Full circle. Wait! The West End Boxing? Mm-hmm. That's funny because I used to, whenever I would like check, try and check Yelp, uh-huh. make sure we weren't sucking too terribly. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, West, I would West End Boxing up. would come up. And West End Cycles. <laughs> West End Boxing and West End Cycles. cycles. But now we're, we're grind boxing again. Oh. Off the ground. Yeah. In my KC board. <laughs> My man, yeah, it's, it's good to be here. Man, we appreciate you have, uh, stopping by. Yeah. Um, Marco was talking great things about you. Yeah. He was excited to have you on. Now I know why. Um, good deal. So, how did you how did you trans transition from sales to? Um, oh yeah, that's a great great question. From sales to food truck. Right. No, so it was straight to food trucking. Well, so what I did okay. was I went and worked in a couple of other kitchens for a while. Okay, right. And I was at that point where I was like really ready to kind of move in my own direction. Mm-hmm. But obviously having that brick and mortar is really, really risky. Right. So strangely enough, I just watched that movie Chef and I was like, all right, here we go. Wait, are you serious? I'm dead serious, Damn. man. Wow. It's it's, you know, I'm just a product of the movie. How long did it take no, me to realize that this shit was, you guys? Oh, yeah, it was totally not, yeah. not what it was, yeah. Wait, was that movie that, that old? Is it four years old? Yeah. I thought it was, it was like a couple years old. 2012. Yeah, I was just like old. that. Oh, no, no, no. Should we do, we should do something at the West End where we have like, a guest chef, and we like show the movie Chef on like a Monday night or something. And yes, that would be so cute. That would be so cute. Well, we we were doing a movie night for a while, and it was so much fun. But we just recently redid yeah. all of our sound system and everything, so we put it on hold. But I was so bummed because April was my favorite because it was the baseball month. So it was gonna we were like gonna be sponsored and. Had like all these like giveaways, but we had to halt it for a little while. So, Ooh, Ooh. Bring it back. but that would be super fun bring to have back. like a little pop up and like show the movie Chef. Show Put some cap chill couches, candles. Yes. Amir, if you're watching, I'm just gonna make it happen. <laughs> so you're sitting down and you're like, okay, 
No, we're standing up. And he was like, uh... We're standing up. <laughs> uh, I'm going to jump the broom and, 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 and do a food truck. How was that process from, like, okay, from the second I... Or did you already have something in mind and then say, okay, now I'm ready to do it? Or when you saw the movie, it was an instant like, because this is what I want to do? Well, I kind of just started to put the puzzle pieces huh. together, you know? And obviously, the puzzle pieces did not fit like the movie really mm. fast. <laughs> you know, so you I didn't have a kid that did all your social media? Yeah. Build a world like three days. Yeah, exactly. Drive across the country <laughs> and sell out everywhere you want. Yeah. That didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I want to sue that fucking <laughs> director. They found this. The shittiest yeah. truck you could find in the jungle. Yeah. And then the, the, the next truck. day, the next day. It was day. the most beautiful yeah. truck ever. <laughs> no one ever. Wow. You turned it into like weird, like certain scenes you like throw things, at, throw popcorn at the TV, like, like throw popcorn. Like, that's not real. Oh, that's funny. That is hilarious. It's like me whenever, uh, I don't remember this, like, Dad told me that I punched Mickey Mouse in the stomach when I was a kid. Oh like, I was like, you're not real! Like, punching him or something. That's what he gets. For lying to you all those years. <laughs> yeah, just, you should see what I did to Blue Man Crew. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good thing he didn't see Walt Disney himself, right? <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm just waiting for you to flick your glasses down and file it with Mickey. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> so the other thing, oh man, this is totally off subject, but that's what we do, right? But I'm not going to porn. Um, yeah. we'll not even yeah. thinking about it. I was in the grocery store and this lady just kind of like looks at me and just like kind of cocked her head to the side like a little puppy and I was like, huh. And I like didn't think about it and then I was like walking past a mirror. I was wearing a sweatshirt that had Minnie Mouse on it. I was wearing these glasses, and then I had my hair in two little buns, and I was like, wow, that's too many balls, like, around and me. Funny. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how the glasses work. Restart next time, please. (laughs) All right, so. so... no, I was just I was saying, uh, did we ever answer that marketing question? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. Um, oh, I guess... My uh, question. Yeah, so we ever answer Lindsay's question. The marketing, I guess, kind of evolved as I was moving out into different events, especially in the suburbs, and realized that when I was out in the suburbs, like 20% of my sales needed to be from a kid's menu. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't want to make a kid's menu. So that was kind of like part of the development of it. <clears throat> part of it was more of the bar menu. Like we added the brisket nachos at that point in time. So just kind of balancing all of these different menu items and then changing them out for like the caterings. Like we do a lot more grilled chicken risottos whenever mm-hmm. we do caterings. Um, but like the pulled pork on polenta with local goat cheese is like our signature dish. So that one you can kind of eat like morning, noon, or night. That sounds so uh, good. Yeah. yeah, I like ate that for like the first three years. Uh, We're gonna have to start like incorporating like the chef's gotta start bringing us some food. Yeah. We gotta work on this, Marco. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll um we'll set up a little grill. It is really torturing to yeah, talk right. about food for an hour and a half and not eat any. We'll just put some cameras in our food trucks. And we'll just have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go. Uh, 
last time, so last time, it's funny, I don't know why I just came to this right now, but last time I was on uh, Casey's food truck, is at that, um, is that, that like late night uh, Dream Machine. Oh, yeah, Dream Machine, Dream Machine so, in January of this year. Yeah, it was, yes. uh, I think that's last time I was on his truck. <laughs> he has a laser etched uh, Last Supper. <laughs> it's like the Last Supper <laughs> on a big piece of cheese. <laughs> yes. And he just vacuum sealed it. It's just the Last Supper. <laughs> In cheese. <laughs> I was like, I don't Where know why I just thought about that. <laughs> that was not a truck. He's like, check out this last supper. It's like laser etched on some cheese. So, I was, uh, have y'all ever seen that movie, My Best Friend's Girl? No. It's no. Not, it's not, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Where they have, so there's an episode in that movie where they take the, the, Dan Cook takes this girl out to a date, and she's super religious, and so he takes her to a pizza place. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, know, a, I know that's a, Okay, so ahead, he takes ahead. her to a pizza place oh. called Jesus Crust, <laughs> oh, and you walk in, and you, you walk in, they walk in, <laughs> and on the wall is, like, the Last Supper, and, like, Jesus is standing there, like, holding pizzas. <laughs> anyway, I'm also in that scene but are you really? Are you yeah. really? That's, like, that's one of my brothers. Uh, that was so. That was like such a fun day. Oh my god! By the way, Dave Cook is one of the nicest, yeah, funniest cool. fucking people I've ever met. Such a cool guy. But uh, yeah, so I remember that scene because I think uh, one of my brothers or somebody tells me about it all the time because I think uh, what he's doing is he takes the girlfriends and. He makes them see that they're losing out by not dating whoever the ex is. So uh, the ex, the guy they broke up with, hires hires Dan Cook, and he to goes take him out on like really yeah. shitty. And he's like, oh shit, I had it really good before this. Right. So they run back, so they run back to the guy, and, and uh, she ends up falling for him. I think that's one of the premise. I don't remember the entire movie. No, but I think that's so scene. yeah, he ends up falling for one of the girls. Jesus Christ, oh. which is Kate. Uh, I don't remember. The, I, I like really. Yeah. Like, I just remember that scene because there's Jesus Crest and they were like serving pizzas in like cross shapes. <laughs> so, no, yes, yes. So, whenever the, okay, so when you see the pizza, the cross shape, you're also staring at my boobs. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he drops the pizza off the table and it's like, the, it's like a crucifix, crucifix yeah, pizza crucifix. and then like my boobs. <laughs> Google. Damn. Damn, that's. Yeah, I, I do remember that scene. And that was well. really, really shitty pizza, just to throw it back into the food thing. But, <laughs> so, and I had to sit there and eat it for hours. Oh, I was like picking it and just like throwing it under the table. Um, so just to recap, you were in that film? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fucking yeah. awesome. You're like, well, I was just an extra, but it was, it was such a fun day. That was such a... So we actually had a catered lunch. Pizza. And By no, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. We had a catered lunch and it was in the basement of this church and this it was filmed in Boston. It was filmed in the north end of Boston. So we had this catered lunch in this church. As we're filming this scene called Jesus Crust <laughs> And the next thing you know, like some guy that like works for the production company like comes down to the basement, he's like, Alright guys, like get your food, like we gotta go. And we're like, What? And he's like, Just get your food, we gotta go. They're like, they're kicking us out of the church because they just found out what scene we're shooting. Oh my god! <laughs> so we're, like, me and all the extras and everybody are just, like, standing on the side of the street with just, like, plates of food, like, outside of a church. Like, oh man, that was such a fun day. So good. That's awesome. <laughs> we're in that scene. Because, I mean, yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Me and my brothers talk about that scene a lot. <laughs> well, you can see, you can tell because of my tattoos. That's how you notice. Because I don't really like look totally the same, but it's like a blue plaid dress. Yeah, when me and my, I was married at the time, and me and my ex-husband Mike were watching it, and I was like, oh my god, that's my boobs, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, that's so weird. <laughs> like, look, mom, I made it. <laughs> the girls. I always wanted to work in the porn <laughs> Where are we? Where are we? All right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> last supper with laser etched cheese. Last supper with laser etched cheese. But we'll get. I guess we'll get back on topic. <laughs> I guess. I we'll think we have to. Um. So, so I remember you said, uh, you know, events, just everyday events, your bar gigs, your every day is a chance to market yourself. You know, like yeah. You, you, yeah. You touched on that. Bar gigs are ideal, but I mean, honestly, I've I've checked up. I'm on it. So Wait, that, that brings me to my, my point. That brings me to my point that I was gonna make. Have a physical, like a car or like a little flyer or Please. something with your information on it. Because sometimes these people are drunk, like Casey was just saying. Or sometimes these people are forgetful. Sometimes I had a guy. Um, you know, he wants us to cater his kid, his uh, his son's uh, wedding. He was at truck yard. Came up to the truck and he came up after. That was the best food. You know, okay, I, I want to get your information. And I gave him a physical card. He lost it. Like, put one <laughs> in your back story. pocket, one in your he front pocket. But, <laughs> that's not what we're trying to help you. Right. Yeah. Like, what I'm saying is that's, that's, what, that's what you should do. Right. He lost it, but luckily that guy, you know, went back to the bar and asked them for my information. Hell they yeah. couldn't. They, she didn't want to give it to him. She called me. She's like, "Hey, this guy. He said he talked to you about catering his wedding." I was like, "No, cool. Just give him my information." And, yeah. So I guess that means he is really interested. Yeah, and, absolutely. And we had one conversation yeah. before I went on vacation, but. The important what I was getting is the importance of having a card, anything physical that has your information, has an email address, have a professional sounding email, you know, email address or a way they can reach you out, a phone number with a professional voicemail if you don't answer. And you know, even if you're a tiny business that just got started, if you look professional online, like Casey was saying, have a website with pictures and and a, you know, well well made so it looks clean. Um, anything that that you can hand to that person is going to be better than their memory because they're going to forget your number they're going to forget your name they might even forget the name of your food truck but they're going to remember they're going to remember they had you know they have a good food experience and they'll look at the card they'll look at that and then that'll be the way they're you know maybe they'll put it on on a counter or like on a, on a nightstand but they'll see it they'll remember and, and that's how you you know you get called for these for these gigs or for these even if it's not a catering it's like a you know come to my i don't know come to my school or yeah, anything. Yeah. Anything. So have something physical on your truck to to be able to hand to them. Um, I think that's crucial. I don't know if everyone does it, but I think that's crucial. It needs to be very tattoo. Put it on their forehead <laughs> when they see it in the morning when they wake up. You did you did turn it backwards. On, you did touch on two very good things, and what you said was so right when you said. I mean, especially at weddings, their intent is to get plastered, but they're still going to remember your food. Like, and when you cook, people can forget how to get home, but they did not forget. <laughs> and not only that, when, you, when you're when you doing big events, even catering or, or, or big events, and you have a long line, you're in the weeds, and you got someone knocking on your window. Hey, hey whipping that fire. Yeah. Yeah. You can't stop. Of course. And you have to get my car. Yeah, there you go. Slam the car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hit me up. Yeah. That's your best. Line of defense or something like that. Give them something they can tangibly have in their hand. That's a great point. And even if they lose it, but they'll remember they had it in their hand. And I guarantee you, before they put it, wherever they put it, they looked at it first. Yeah. And ingrained in them, Walker, 
yeah. or, or, or through music live. Yeah. Boom. And if that's they lose it, they'll still have that that uh Yeah. So that's definitely definitely a good point. And we have a question from uh from mine. He wants to know, Casey, does working closely with the farmers market community force you to be creative with ingredients and sourcing? Yeah, Ooh, that's a wonderful question. That is also a very complicated <laughs> answer. That I would say the initial, like, I guess, goal of what I wanted to accomplish with the food truck was that very much. Mm -hmm. But I quickly realized that I wanted to change the menu every single day, and oh, the wow. people eating the food did not want to have to experience something new mm -hmm. every single day. So that kind of led me as an artist through this small progression. And I mean, I have done more items on a food truck than most other food trucks could even think to bear. But <laughs> it was one of those things that I really understood the idea of how I could correlate different ingredients to people's minds very fast. So if they were trying something new, I could easily say like polentas like grits. And most people can easily make that connection and they either hate grits or they love grits. But they've never had my grits and you can't convince someone that in two minutes on how to do it. So going back to working with the farmers, of course the seasonality of my dishes I think is one of the funnest parts of my job because I'm able to rotate them out according to what the farmers have. But I've also realized that the farmers have tried to get some things very consistent because the people at the farmer's market want them too. So it's even the basics of using lettuce, using heirloom tomatoes on your burgers. People say all the time, my burger's incredible, and really it's just because like each of the ingredients has been taken care of. Mm -hmm. I don't put bullshit tomatoes on there, and if you don't like bullshit tomatoes and you don't want my tomatoes, well, I'm not going to try and convince you that my right. tomatoes are awesome. But then the people eating my burgers are like, dude, where does he get right. his tomatoes? Right. And so it's the same thing even with the basics of the lettuce, the bun, all of these things, the mayonnaise that we make on the food truck. You just build them up. We don't buy – like we don't buy – I don't have a freezer on my food truck, which mm. is probably hard for some other food truck owners to imagine running. But at the same time, it's like one of those guarantees from the consumer that it's like there's nothing over – six weeks you know six days on my food truck nothing's been sitting in a freezer for a year anywhere along the line of the food system because i don't allow that i take that back i do have frozen fries every once in a while <laughs> i do serve hand cut fries so a few people like quality buy the hand cut fries and i'll take the frozen ones off the menu but the people at the bar don't care about the difference so that's why they're there now <laughs> and there's definitely and there's definitely a group of people that appreciate that. Yes, definitely. And trying to serve that community as a business owner was causing me to struggle. And I realized that I had to open up the menu. I had to mm -hmm. do things a little bit more uh, for a, an assembly type of production to meet larger things. Okay. So it's one of those... Uh, things that going back to the farmers market question, I more so enjoy the seasonality of the farmers market for myself now, mm -hmm. and I put that into my body and then let the consumer choose. But I always have some sort of fresh item that you cannot get anywhere else that is very locally sourced and mm -hmm. is incredibly good. Unfortunately, just people when they're hungry, they don't pick that option 90% of the time. Right. So I've got to be able to figure out other ways to accommodate their needs and still serve them in the best manner. Why do you think other people don't don't because it's a tough task? Yeah, of course. I mean Absolutely. this is the most competitive industry. Right. Like this is one of the oldest ones besides 
when my ex-girlfriend used to save selling pussy. Like, that's, <laughs> you're serving food for that. You know, and that's literally like how entrepreneurship started. You, know? uh, you don't want to eat? You don't, you don't have any of that? Well, let me help you with that. It's going to come at a price. It's going to come at a price. Yeah. All right. It'll there work. we go. I knew it would come to sex at some point. How, uh, What's your what's but what's that driving force? So obviously, giving the well, consumer. I, I because guess like, man, that, oh, I mean, just thinking about it's making me wearing me out. I mean, yeah, and, and you have to be committed to that. We all experience that, but at the same time, take hold of my friends because honestly, if we get to a point where we can successfully establish our own systems. Mm -hmm. We're the most respected and trust people in the room. Like we can go on to start any other in any we could go into the airline industry. We could go into mm -hmm. any other industry if we can make it in this one. Right. So this is kind of a fundamental beginning for me, and that's why I wanted to go into this industry because it is so competitive. And you have to understand your market, you have to understand the customer, and you've got to understand when you can really categorically give people the quality of the local experience, and that's mostly through the individual caterings, weddings, that I really let that flourish, because that's when people say, hey, I want something unique, and I'm the first person ready to say, I got it for you. How do you look at the competition? How do you picture competition? And not specifically, I'm just the sense of competition. I don't see competition in the way anyone else in this room does, but I don't know if I can fully explain all of that because <laughs> I have to censor myself. But let me put competition in the best way to you. We are on the streets, my friends. Like, that is one of the toughest places to be. And you are going to experience white, blue, and no-collar people that are all hungry. Right. So fundamentally, we have to have a little bit different view than everybody else, but truthfully, in my opinion, I would say anybody that's going through a drive-through lane is your competition. Right. <laughs> so you've got to compete on ticket time, and we all fundamentally compete on quality over that alternative. Right. So obviously our price points have to reflect that a little bit because we do have our own set of costs that major corporations can kind of balance out over multiple countries, cities, and political states. So, with that being said, from a competition standpoint, there are, what, six million people in this city right. and they're gonna get hungry three times a day. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing. I just gotta know what I need to do to keep my doors open, to keep going to the next step, and then figure out how to get those people right in front of me. Absolutely. And that also goes into figure out how to put yourself in a line of food trucks. Because we're a little bit different. Like, our competition is literally snuggled up next to us. So just having a diversified menu, and that's kind of one of my specialties, is I change menu items real fast. So if I'm with a bunch of trucks and only one other truck's have burgers, I'm probably going to sell more burgers because that's just what's ingrained in the population to buy. So fundamentally changing that helps me with the competition too. I don't recommend this for everybody. Like if you're a catfish truck, sell catfish, be happy. You're not going to hit many other catfish people. But like I'm just kind of trying to float in that diversity of finding what the average person may want to eat that's not being supplied right in front of them and try and collect on that as well. Hmm. Pretty deep. <laughs> Real quick, I was a manager at a, at a steakhouse in the Galleria. I think it was like a Thursday night. Something was going on. You know, it might have been. No, I don't remember what it was, but it was slow. And so I said, you know, I'm going to go over to another restaurant that I used to manage as well. 
And uh, I walked in, I saw the general manager, and I said, hey, how you doing? And he goes, good. And he's standing at the hostess stand, and he's like, so what's new? And I'm like, man, I just came to check out the competition. And he smiled and goes, man, there is no competition. Yeah. You, you live in a city that's six million, six million people. They have to eat three times a day. As long as you do what you're supposed to do within your four walls, you get the piece of you get the piece of the pie. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Don't worry about anyone else's business. Yep. Because you start doing that, you lose complete sight of your business. And uh, it's true. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing with your mission and purpose, you'll be successful. Even when you hit the the rough patches or you fighting whatever it is that you you know whatever might come your way, but that's that's. I'm thousand you know, I percent agreement with competition. The, the only comment I'll make is that I do 100. percent When we when we started, um, I think we touched on this in the first episode. When we started, we got help from all sorts of mm-hmm. food trucks. There was some food trucks that were like, you know, they were kind of like, you know, just gave us a cold shoulder. Right. I think they felt yeah, there's too, there's already a lot of us here. Yeah, but but um, what most of the food trucks told me is like there is a lot of mouths to feed in the city. There is wow. a lot of mouths to feed. And if you think that the you know you're failing because the food truck that posted up next to you is nah. better than you that one day, then it's not them, man. It's you. Right. You, you you do like you said. Do you, you do what you're supposed to do? You do the best you can. You put out a good product. You give good service. People are gonna come. Right. Yeah. And this and this. If you build it, they will come. If you cook it, they will come. Exactly. In this business, you you don't you don't get the results. From the work that you put in today, no. today you get in. Today you get the results from the work that you've been putting the last you know, six months. Or it could have been last months. week, or last you know, week, or whatever. Five years. Right. You, 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 you got to be able to plant seeds, think about the long game, and and help as many people as you can. And when, when, when before you started on the food truck, did you do any mentorship? Did you work on the food truck? Did you say I just don't want to, you know? Uh, I was ignorant enough not to work on another. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I would at least like to just pause the cheers again to you guys because we are all people that have bet on ourselves up until this point in time. We are the kind of people that go on the long shots and they have paid off. And I think that's fundamentally important to incorporate to the viewers' mentality is that you've got to be willing to bet on yourself and hopefully those things are going to pay off and you've got to just continue to work on it and that's how your business is going to be successful. Uh, you know, when I knew, when, when I decided or when I knew uh, things were going to start changing, when I realized my best asset or asset was me. Yeah. And that's my fundamental yeah. goal is to help all of you people realize that that asset can be so much stronger through the food that you put in your body and you are the kind of people, and everyone watching are the kind of people, that if we all collectively get stronger, there's going to be a point where it's gonna be very difficult to stop you. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I would just like to say about being business owners and being food trucks. If we recognize at this point in time alone, we are all stronger together, and do not allow our personal opinions or like wants for the daily money to get in the way. Say it louder. Come much stronger, <laughs> Because there are restaurants that are trying to absolutely trucks in the city that have more not only the, not, not only not only the restaurant but the city in itself exactly yeah. and if we all work together we will be so much stronger mm. yeah let's just take point. a second let's just take a second to let that sink in <laughs> yeah 
we're all we should all be here for each other or, or at least in partnership with yeah well. but just the just there is a fundamental belief that when you work with others you will be stronger mm-hmm. I mean it's so obvious <laughs> we are a herd in a sense in the way we evolved as a species but we have to understand that there are certain things that are going to have to play out for us to be able to become powerful, and that is cooperation. Great point. Have you had any issues with the city? Um, I mean, thankfully, all of my issues with the city I've been able to resolve. Good. I mean, in a certain regard, I don't want to promote any view of, of bureaucracy, but basically it's just circle in circle whole, and they have no idea what I'm trying to do and they like they I think hopefully they understand that I'm not trying to get people sick and I understand bacterial growth microorganisms the way thing the way things work as a chef you can look at something and you go okay that's bad or not you can smell it you go okay that's bad or not like obviously there is a, a, a level that each person has to have in the food truck but whenever they're like, okay, do you have a thermometer? Well, get the thermometer, man. Like, it's so much easier <laughs> if you just have the thermometer, you know? It's like, you have to have your permits. You have right. to do certain things. And you just got to build that into your price. I mean, there's no getting around those. So in that regard, you know, just look at what they want and do it. Yeah. Now he's preaching. <laughs> I know, I feel like I'm going to go to work tonight and I'm going to be like, what's up guys? Throw the problems at me. Like, I got this shit. Like, I just hung out with Casey. Like, I'm on top of the world. Like, let's go. <laughs> I need like a little Casey in my pocket. <laughs> like, like, lay on my pillow at night and then like, whenever I need just like a boost of encouragement, I'll be like, Casey. <laughs> Casey. Bottle it up, spray it, and sell it. <laughs> so I want to touch on something we we uh we talked about earlier, which was like the weddings and um Manny talked about the tasting he did at his house. Yeah. What do you do your tastings? Like what what where would you like if you're a food truck, I don't know if you have a location you bring people to or if there's like a favorite spot, yeah. where would you say would be the best place for like uh you know listeners out there that wanna wanna, you know, approach the catering and hey, come in for a tasting, where do you think they should they should, uh, you know, have those. Uh, generally, I just pick a place and I tell them to come. Like, if it's at a bar, they come before 5 o'clock. You know, I'll be there yeah. earlier because it's like an open service thing where we're already doing our stuff set up and they can just come. So I generally recommend people to just come and do tastings during open service at the beginning or the end and kind of tell them, like, come in this 30-minute time frame and we'll talk. Uh, or, you know, if we may be busy, I'll have an extra staff member so I can just go and dedicate that time to them. Um, I've done tastings at a number of different places, at bars, at in their own homes, at my home. You know, it's it's one of those things that, in a wedding, you are creating that unique experience. So however you want to pull the customer in, just guide them on the experience that you rely on, that you know you can deliver to. And however that turns out, well, that's just the way it works. You know, it's kind of like going to a friend's house party. Like, as long as they're a good host and they've got the food, then everything's fine. Yeah, but you put a lot of importance in uh, having a one-on-one single time with. Yeah. So like bringing a staff member so that they can keep you know running the truck in case there yeah. is an order or two that come in. You can dedicate time to the yeah. to the bride, which I know we, uh, typically when I when I address the the bridal party, it's the bride or like the groom or the bride. It's all about the bride handling everything almost yeah. every time. All about the bride. There's been many times where they brought in like the parents because they want to try the food, and sometimes you know. But they're gonna be with the bride, the bride once. <laughs> exactly. 
So, so it is important to have somebody there so that you can allocate one-on-one -on -one personal yeah. time. But in, just in my opinion, I almost always do tastings. Just because, like, great, yeah. especially if you've never like met the person one on one, there's just so much clarified in the inherent contract of what you're about to do that is just almost on the point. Like, hey, now you see the food truck. Mm -hmm. Now you see what the stuff comes in. You know, if you want something different, let me know now. Because yeah. if not, this is how it's going to mm -hmm. be. This is the food you're going to get. If you want something different, mm -hmm. let's talk about that. So that's just like one. It's like a trial. You know, it almost kind of sets everything going. And like you clearly had it go. I mean. That couple is never going to even forget the tasting, you know? Right. And the beauty of it is you gave them that wedding experience on the night that they don't even really get to eat. Right. You know, and a lot of the bride and groom are doing it for their friends exactly. that are bringing us in. And they know that their friends are going to be that much better party guests because they've been eating from Food Music Live or What You Craving or Walker, Texas Ranger. So that's the beautiful thing of it is like they are trusting us to help the whole party, and in that regard, you want to deliver. One of the uh, one of the things with uh, that I don't it's, it's not a selling point, but it's something that I like to make sure I relay is with the caterings and the parties. I throw a lot of parties, and yeah, I, and I always have a lot of guests over. When I cook. The only moment I get to sit down and enjoy what, what I ate was when everyone's gone, the house is clean, <laughs> yep, and yep. I'm eating some leftover, uh, possibly cold food, yeah. food or, or reheated. And I don't get time to spend with my friends and family. I don't enjoy the moment because I'm cleaning, making sure everyone's eating, uh, washing dishes, right? Just doing all that stuff. So when I sit down and I talk to potential clients and we're doing the tasting or we're talking, that's... Listen, my only concern for the evening is making sure you get Everything to enjoy yeah. your night. When yeah. it comes to the food, and it, it's a big, food is a big deal. It, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, congregating around it. Right. I mean, events around it. Yeah. If it's bad, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> no, and, it, and it's evident. Yeah. yeah. There's no lying. Just like there's no lying. Like, I, 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 when I ask somebody whether they enjoy the evening or they enjoy their food or whatever, whether it's my food or anywhere, I don't want someone flying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. But I, but I could always tell the truth. I could always see they're telling the genuine truth when they do love it and they got. Oh, yeah. And that's my goal every single time is I want to make sure you enjoy your evening with your guests, live in that moment, live in these memories, and not worry about the food. I got the food. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we're gonna take care of it. And, and that is our artistry. And that's that's when they, that's when I see the, okay, yes. Yeah, they don't have to worry that's, about right. it. That's why That's a big deal. And I love that, that, I love that part. And that, right. that uh, what, what I will say about that is, that should be your goal every single time you're serving oh, absolutely. food. Absolutely. Every absolutely. single time you're serving food. But um, when you're doing a tasting, you're going to hyper focus that on your client. And you're going to, you know, but, but I think uh, Tuan, um, Tuan Tran from uh, Cajun King posted up a meme and it was, you know, it was a picture of a chef. Shout out to Tuan. Shout out to Tuan. Yeah, his host hunched over on a trash can eating the leftovers of the night. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, this is how most chefs eat their dinner, you know? After everyone's been fed and had a good time and had their dinner and had their nice, 
you know, they're just like punched out. And they're the ones who were preparing it, making sure that everyone was good. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's, that's some, how we should look at what we do every day, but even more so when you're having these one-on-one tastings with a potential catering plan. Yeah. And that's something that I would like to offer up because we've been talking about this is that we don't eat enough as chefs, as entrepreneurs together. So if anybody wants to organize a time for me to cook for y'all, I'll do it. Like we need to get together around the table because our cooperation always starts at the table. I don't think you guys understand how much business gets done over the table and we're fundamentally supplying that mechanism, the medium, for people to agree on things. So I would love to be able to offer up that medium of just feeding as many of them as we can get together whenever the best time is. Because we have got to work together and meeting at the table is the best place. You know, it's so funny that you say that. I have a secret. <laughs> yeah. I share a secret. My, one, of my, one of my outbreak people, is uh, when I retire, I'm open up here. Nice. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> oh my. I want to open up a restaurant and so I can have meetings there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like an agora. I want to have meetings. Absolutely. I want it. I want I, I, That's my vision. When I think about my goals and, and my dreams, that's my vision. Owning a nice restaurant where I'm just having my meetings there. You know, yeah. That's it. Build an empire, do what I'm doing, retire, have that restaurant, and just have meetings. Because deals are done at tables. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and and we're we're we we make deals every single day, whether it's big corporate deals, whether it's making a deal with your partner, whether it, life's about deals. And yeah. they're always yeah, life is about deals. Yeah. yeah. Life is about deals. And, and again, food we have a following. Yeah. Right? If, if, if you want to be successful at this thing and and you have to get to the core of it, right? What food truly is. When people when people go to a, when people go to a movie theater and they watch the movie and they come out, that moment that they open the door and they step out, they nine times out of ten are going to look to their partner and say, "Do you like it? Or what do you think?" <laughs> and you're going to have an instant uh, opinion, whether you liked it or you didn't like it. You know, it's either going to be, yeah, I could have waited for Netflix, or wow, it was a fucking great movie, I watched it again. It's the same thing with our food and the experience that we, that, that we provide. It's, it's an experience, and everyone's going to have an opinion based upon that experience. Whether it was, eh, I could I could take my toilet out of the jacket box or the water. Or, oh my fucking God. <laughs> This is is the best one. What I love about this is the process in between. Right? They told me uh, for a long time, I'm not a person, I hate people. And someone explained it to me and said, Well, think of it like this you're an actor and you're putting on a show, putting on a performance. Uh, And people are paying for that performance. 
But there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes before that curtain comes up. A lot of work, a lot of prep, a lot of studying, a lot of repetition, whatever the case may be. If you're the actor, you're learning the lines. If you're if you're uh, stage manager, you design, whatever. That's the process. That's the process. <laughs> That's the process that I love about this is right because you didn't wake up one day and just said. Let me, let me write down this recipe and I'm going to create this. Yeah. Right? There's a process behind it. Yeah. And it's even the process of just being an entrepreneur, too, is we got to do so many things that we don't want to do. But it's like, hey, pe nobody else knows that, and we just keep going, and right. that's part of the feeding of all the process. That is like, you know, to be this kind of person, this is Absolutely. what you got to do, and you have got to figure out a way to work through those things, and it's just part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, there's a ton of things that, and I tell people, when, oh, you know, I'm thinking of, even if they just say, I'm thinking about being in business, you know, and when they say, I'm thinking about being a food truck, it's like, great, are you, uh, are you willing to be a mechanic? Are you willing to be an accountant? Are you willing to be a marketer? Are you willing to be a, you know, are you willing to be a cook? Are you willing to be a... A janitor? Are you willing yeah. to be a, you know, a car washer? Yeah. Are you willing to be? Because you have to be all those things. If you're paying for each one of those services, you're never going to make it. Because mm -hmm. you know you're not making money at first. You have to do all that shit. So you have to be willing to get transferred. You have to be willing to to um, to do those jobs that you probably never thought you'd be doing. But that's I don't know, that's what separates that's what separates successful ones the ones that are willing to, to like, get their hands dirty, do those you know do those jobs that might seem difficult, but. So I have a question kind of about that. Whenever, what do you look for in your employees on a food truck? Because I know what I, know what I look for in employees working at managing a restaurant, but it's a whole other ball game on a food truck. So what are some key elements for maybe some people that want to work on a food truck and see and get that experience because maybe they're interested? Interested? Like, what are some things that you look for? Um, I would say the willingness to accept any command in the regard of like, okay, now I'm going to need you to do like, cut up a potato. And it's like, oh, I'm afraid of holding a knife. You know, like, okay, if you were like, you know, now I need you to go take that money real quick from this person who wants to buy a hamburger because I'm doing something else. Or like, you know, somebody that's just willing to be a team player is obviously like the most critical part, I think, of being in the food service industry. But for like, I guess people that would like maybe want to try it out, um, hmm. I guess, let me take a step back. I would say what I look for in a person is really the capacity to work in a high-stress environment or like under any sort of non-routine, basically. Um, I would say that a lot of the people that I have hired have been such an incredible inspiration to me and they have really been probably one of the biggest motivators to continue to push on and expand because each of their stories are so and I had this awesome dishwasher for like three years that actually came the first day that I was serving food out of the tent. And like offered to help me break down the tent. And I was like, no, man, I'm good. And then it came like the next Wednesday and offered to help me. I was like, okay, sure. Like, I'm a little <laughs> bit more tired this week. So then he like came back the next week. And just that willingness to like be 
there. I mean, obviously, you don't find people like that often, but when you do find people like that, you really need to understand how to get their talents to be very efficient in your business, but also know that that person fundamentally wants to grow and to work that growth in a way that is both beneficial to the business owner and them, I think is very important. And I feel like you probably have seen in the restaurant industry that it's often one-sided and it's more so just to be a person. Awesome hand cut french fries into the bar. And she goes, Hey, what do you got in there? 
And I just looked up as I'm walking by, I go, better than the shit that you got in there. <laughs> and it just kept on going. She came over, purchased food from me, ate it in that other food truck, and then formed a mutiny with the other employee and told every person that walked up to that food truck, dude, I just ate his stuff. You've got to go check out the <laughs> menu over there before I will take you over here. No. And so then she like left me her number and like, I called her a few days later. I was like, hey, come to work like in a week here if you want to do this. She showed up and has like driven the truck, but a manager, like nice. an incredible ride or die employee. <laughs> but it's like, I guess that's how I did, you know? Like, it's just like, if you really want to put your money where your mouth is, then go for it. She's like, all right. And that's like how I get employees. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I, they I, find you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The good ones just find you. Like I, one of my favorite lines in the movie is in uh, Burnt. Remember when he come back? Yeah. 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 When he come back, and how much you willing to? How much you? How much you willing to pay me so you can work for me? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like you gotta have that mentality. Like you gotta be able to, you know, and and when you live that, when you. You can't hide it. I mean, there's people, you are who you are. Yeah. And people are always watching. And so you'll have people that are willing to, in a sense, work for free just to be close to what's, what's happening. To, yeah. yeah. And that, like, but all if you of us have that energy. Right. Well, we have energy. Yes. And some people, for the opposite, they're yeah. negative, sarcastic, mean, and they're wondering why. Well, how come we ain't got good employees? How come I can't find no one to stick around? What? Uh, well, uh, you don't know that I'm going to Because if I did tell you, you wouldn't believe me and you'd just get mad at me. And I just, I see the, I see how the yeah. conversation's going to go, so I'm just going to leave you. God bless you. You can't teach someone how to be a leader. Yeah. Those, I mean, those are all great points. You know, um, you know that stru- you know, structure your business right. Do, do it right. Be a great leader. And people will find you. Do, do your business right. Uh, one thing I will comment, I'm, I've never been in the food industry, so you guys may have had you know may have had experiences in the food industry and had many was man you know was manager of state house had to hire people um, I don't know if you had you know dealings with hiring people or bringing people Definitely, on yeah. with with some background or knowing people in the industry whereas me I was coming in this like I don't know anybody I don't know who's, you know I don't know someone who a great chef I'm a bad chef I'm a hard worker I'm a, I, I found that. A lot of times when I get somebody who's worked many years at another restaurant or another another food truck or another, or that thinks they're a badass chef because they just came out of culinary school with flying colors, it's harder for me to work with one mm-hmm. of them yeah. than it is for with a kid that doesn't know anything about my food, doesn't know anything about food sometimes mm-hmm. in general, and just is willing to learn and work like like the gentleman who came and just helped me with the tent. I'm, I don't know if he was ever working food. Or, oh yeah, he'd been. He, that was oh, yeah. he was like fifty. And oh, he's working. He's, he's Sri Lanka. At 18, <laughs> he left Sri Lanka and started traveling across the globe. He went to like Pakistan, he went to all these places in Europe. He like lived in Italy and was like the head butler at an embassy for like years. <laughs> he moved to Belize. But he, I mean, he has an incredible story. I don't want to get hung up on that because what you're talking about is really important. But to tell you the truth, do not bring your personality into somebody else's business until you fundamentally understand what their goals are. And if your goals are not their goals, then leave or shut your mouth. And that's the best way you can get more money. 
But that's what you're talking yeah, about is exactly. personality. Yeah. Because that man who worked for me had been in the industry for years and years. years. It's personality. <laughs> and he did not bring any of his personality into my that's business. Fair. I'll keep fine. your personality out. And, and here's how our relationship ended. Because it's always important to know how things end. After Harvey, he got a job working construction of rebuilding and destroying like homes for $25 an hour which in this industry is almost impossible to pay someone that washes and cleans a food truck. Yeah. So my hat's off to him because he was able through that, ex like that one weird experience of the city to get some money and finish his journey and he moved on to Canada where now he is retired and working as like a hotel cleaning guy. But he asked me to write him a letter of recommendation and when I drafted that document, someone a recommendation for another country. Just have that global reach of my company alone is very, very powerful. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, and it's very fortunate that you found somebody who, like you said, check, check their personality at the door and yeah. it's like, what do you need from me? What can I do and how can I, you know, help grow this company in, in the manner that you see, yeah. you see your vision? And of course, he taught me so many lessons when his personality came out and when we were working together. But it was one of those things like I gave him more responsibility when I knew that he was capable of holding the responsibility that I gave him initially. And that's the important part of going into anybody's business is that you cannot let your personality get in the way of your responsibilities. Damn, great point. That is a great hat. Fuck, I've been I've been trying to I've been trying to figure out how how to articulate that for the last <laughs> five years. I, honestly, guys, I'm very glad that I'm here. Thank you for giving me this platform. I really believe that you guys have that same energy that attracts people. So just to kind of fundamentally re-get my point to put quality into your body, the more we are all communicating and putting quality mentality into our systems, the better we are able going to produce. And, you know, it goes back to what, you know, what I said earlier. Uh, me, when I first realized that I was my biggest asset, Literally and figuratively, right? Because you, I have to take care of my body. I mean, I was 200 and damn near 25 pounds, Ooh. overweight, and I was waking up with uh, headaches. And I was throwing up. Ooh. That's a reflex. Ooh. It was horrible. I needed to change. I needed. I knew. I realized that I needed uh, to change my lifestyle if I wanted to last. You know, I'd stress out. Wouldn't eat right. Wouldn't malnourished. Work myself to nerve great. But, but do you do you, but I started working yeah, out and you, those, man, yeah. you look great now, but yeah. But <laughs> do you, how how important right because eating right is, is a huge part of it. Yeah. But what's your workout routine? Do you have one? Honestly the food truck. I mean it, it, let me rephrase that a little it, it, it is a lot. Yeah, dude, and, and just everything, but it's it's more so the understanding of the caloric intake that I need. And when I go hard in the pain, when I drink, when I eat a lot, I know like I just need to decrease my caloric intake. Not to a bad point, but it's so easy to just overeat. Especially after a long shift, you just stuff your face, you 
go to sleep full, you wake up, you maybe eat again or you don't and just burn it all off, but then you're now replenishing yourself. So part of it too is just understanding like, okay, what am I gonna do on outputs? Like it's the same thing like an, uh, a machine boxing, you know? You go before that fight, you're in a car board like crazy. So you go into a long weekend or something, get you know, put on a few pounds and then I know I'm gonna work it off. But it's kind of one of those things that, too, the local aspect is where I'm really focused on what's going into my body because the trace minerals of heirloom tomatoes, the trace minerals of the sprouts that I eat, you cannot get that through anybody else's diet. Like, I'm getting nutrients that the rest of y'all are not, and I'm not saying that's why I'm mean, but I'm saying I'm on a different level on the food tape of a view of it because I know what is important sugars, all of the basic things that our bodies need, you can hit those from McDonald's, anybody else. But then also getting that diversified intake of really allowing your body to put a lot of different things into it is going to help your overall system instead of just popping pills and taking these, you know, A through Z vitamins. Why do you think, why do you think, uh, why do you think more people are picking up? Or is it easy? That's a lot of energy. Like that's, you guys out there don't think about food 24-7. I'm a slave to food. That's all I think about. So I understand that my, my weight or my responsibility to humanity is not everybody else's. Because like we've been on the streets, you know, you're going to run into every single person and we need them just as much as we need us. We like to think we're important, but really we need everybody working on all the other things going on in this world. True. And they have got to be empowered and I really, really want to feed all of them, but I can't. So the most important thing that I can do now is just remind everybody that if you are conscious about what you're doing, about your whole mentality of eating, you are going to fundamentally be the stronger person. But if you're not thinking about those things, you're just paying money to somebody that can get a service taken care of, and it's really a cheap service that you're just commodifying like everything else in your life. Yeah, yeah I mean, I have to be really honest with you guys. I, even after opening the food truck, I just focused on how to cook the food that we did. I, again, I didn't come from a culinary background. I didn't even cook for myself. But, um, you know, taking all that into account, I have thought about the things Casey just mentioned and I started cooking for myself. Like, instead of going out and buying things and, you know, we go to buy a sandwich and that's a piece of bread, two pieces of bread put together with some, you know, vegetables and deli meats and we're paying 12 13 14 dollars and we could make, you know, we could spend that money and make seven of those a week, make one for lunch every week um, and buy better ingredients than we don't know where they're sourcing it. We, we can actually kind of have a better understanding of where we're getting the food, where we're there. So as of, you know, late last year and this year, I've, I've been putting a little more importance of where I get my food, how it's cooked, what ingredients I use, what oils I use to cook it, what, you know, what, um, how I cook it, um, deep frying everything as delicious as it is, is the healthiest way on a food truck, and I have two deep fryers on my food truck. Can so, we change gears for just a second? Yeah. Because what all of us are talking is that we cannot escape the fundamental thought process of wanting to know where our next meal is coming from. And like when we're talking about competition, my true competition is all of y'all cooking in your homes every single day and then yeah. I'd be out of business. Yeah. That's what I really, really, really would like to happen because then I can go move on to something else. Mm. But truthfully, when you are thinking about food, when you're like, where am I gonna go eat? 
you could be thinking about how to simply make your own meal, and all of that is an energy transfer process that when you are like purchasing food, you want someone to give you good energy. You want to think about all those things. But really, you can also just flip the script and realize, hey, I'm still thinking about food. Why don't I just think about my own basic sandwich that I can crank out in five minutes, watch my YouTube videos on how to do that. Truthfully, though, we all think about, like, oh, what are we going to delete when we can just think, how am I going to make this real fast in my home and so enjoy it? And you're going to be more powerful. I want a sandwich. I want a sandwich now. I need food. Yeah. I think we're um, getting towards the end. I have another. Mon Dow's asked another question. And he asked that to me, Mon, and Manny. I uh, mean, Manny, Casey. What's another food trip that inspires you and why? Oh, man. I would definitely say yours. Because uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, you guys really do have an interesting type of fusion that you are incorporating two different aspects of that I think is really fundamental to the concept of the most diversified city. Well, that's the cool thing about food trucks is we can kind of hyper-eyes that little diversity in each of our cuisines. I'm coming from Italian, you're coming from an Asian, but we're all throwing it into this beautiful mixture of Houston. Topo truck is another awesome That's one mine. Yeah. That's one mine. Yeah, man. Uh, He's freaking out that. incredibly interesting. So he's a fucking badass. Shout out to him. Yeah. But that's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> I love all of you, but nobody else is getting airtime besides you two. <laughs> but you have any you, you look up to, inspired? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys, of course, watching y'all grow and develop into what y'all doing, being, getting into a brick and mortar. Uh, I love the Cajun Kings. Ron yeah. and them doing yeah. their thing out there. I have always had appreciation for teeth and pocket to me because uh, you know, I worked at this for three months before I started my house. And he was an open book with me, so that was tremendous. Uh, and then, uh, big shout out to uh, Lucy and Chef Edgar. They have Sacred Bites. Uh, so they have a spot out in the Katie, have, huh? They have a brick and mortar in Katie off of Mason uh, Road in I-10. Awesome people. And they are awesome people, great chef, delicious food, takes all the pride, all the, the passion, into, and channeling into making some you know, beautiful creation for his clients. And he would invite me out to do caterings, private caterings, and I would go. Yeah. Catering is a beautiful, yeah. yeah. I would just go to be a part of it. Man, he's so delicate with everything, yeah. you know, his, 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 his sushi yeah. and just how he, you know, he, he's delicate with everything, and, and that passion, huge inspiration, so I would say those things. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm, yeah, you guys know I come from like the business side, so I've always looked up to like the big boys who, who like your fee, Waffle Bus is an amazing yeah. brand in the city. Um, the way, you know, just the way they've done that, Burger Joint, Matt, um, <laughs> Mooie just, Matt Mooie, Matt Mooie, yeah. just, he can party and he can still, you know, get some delicious food. That's some of, some of my favorite, I mean, we work a lot of festivals together, but that's some of my favorite food. And, and you know, all those guys that are here before us, um, and uh, I, look, you know, I look up to them and implement a little bit of what, you know, how they, how they run their business, but, uh, 
But yeah, Topo for sure is, is one of mine. Tony, Tony uh, Lerman is uh, he's a badass. <laughs> no way to put it. He's a badass. Yeah, but, um, yeah some, of the, some of the tricks I have. Well, I mean, I tell you what, that was a hell of a show. Yeah. yeah. You. you Casey was gonna be a. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. That's some good stuff. And, and what I love most about it is that you you brought tangible advice. Like real, yeah. Like Absolutely. Real, I, like I thought about stuff. that. Like real, you know, that they can actually go out and take steps for, not just you know, like, think about keep keep yeah. their dreams going and, and sell it for fluff. Yeah, I mean, go get a website. I mean, if you want to get the catering, go get a website. Go uh, pictures. Yeah, yeah, take your pictures. Do you, now, do you take your own pictures? You you have someone there running around snapping shots. Uh, generally, depends on the employee. Some employees are just naturally very like photo capable, yeah. and like I even see them doing Instagram stuff. And I'm like, what? That's yeah. way cooler than me. Like, just <laughs> on the Instagram. Take over the Instagram. Exactly. So, like, part of that is just you know finding the abilities of your employees, and if you have a cashier that's really personable but doesn't want to touch food, you know, run around with the camera the rest of the time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great advice. Absolutely. And being able to document that and have it on your page and just even big events, some of the some of the trucks I work with in Austin that we do these uh, you know these out of city big festivals, they um they've got these these pages where they're like these are the festivals we've done, these are the people we've worked with, these, and just having a nice list of you know it gives you it gives you more credibility, it gives you more credibility. You're you're able to show hey you know they worked with Shell or they worked at ACL or they worked at you know whatever these festivals. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that, that automatically gives your client the security, like, oh wow, they can, you know, if they can work with these, confidence. yeah, they can work with these, um, with these clients, then uh, I should be walking the park, yeah, they should be able to handle my, my gift. Yeah. I like, I like the one that you use too, over pregnant so and so when we have that stuff. Yeah, we got yeah. So we we actually don't do a lot of like custom, custom items unless there's like dietary restrictions there. And then we try to just like you know push the products we have, but uh, I mean I like to create that you're able to creatively unfold yourself. Uh, hey, what do you guys want? Let's just you know I'll, I'll, I'll build a dish based on. Uh, but you also sound like you're probably working with different brides than I am because yeah. it sounds like you're working with brides that have a heavy wedding planner incorporation because like you were saying you were putting in bids probably with the wedding planner who is getting all that information to take sometimes. to the bride. Yeah, yeah. sometimes we So do. like more often I'm working with a bride that does not have a wedding planner or has like a part-time wedding planner where I work more directly. And I'm sure that your caterings or some of those weddings might be bigger than what I'm going after. But you see they're just a different aspect, which to the viewer, you know, whatever they want to do is where they should just try and find the real house and work at. A thousand ways to skin a cat. There's so many ways to do it, so many different um, criteria for yeah. for, yeah. for a client. So oh, for all your information. Hey guys, I uh Is there? Yes. Oh, okay. And it's I've so been cool. sitting there playing with it every single time I come over. Birdie, huh? And it's, yeah. it's something. It scratches. It, it, it might be a snake. <laughs> My guy said they found a snake on the outside. They tried to uh, catch it and it got in the, got in the wall. We might have a wall, pet snake. So. No, it definitely sounded like a scratch. Because uh, I was like, I was going to a lot of it. And then you'd like here. Oh, if you keep hanging back there, just think of this there. Yeah, that's exactly what it's looking for. Exactly. Well, Mr.
Casey, any any plugs? What you got going on this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we are actually going to be catering for the Porsche Club oh, this right. Saturday at the Houston Police Academy. Uh, so we're going to get to hang out on the racetrack. We'll probably have the slowest lap time, but uh, yeah. you know, we'll be the flashiest crew. Hey. But uh, then we're also donating a uh, um, like. 500 tacos for an event down in Baycliffe for the community garden that is hosting kind of like their annual reception for people to start picking up their co-ops from the garden. So we're going to do that nice. on Baycliffe Saturday night. Very cool. How far is Baycliffe from you? Oh, that's a good place. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a trip. Well, from Katy, it's probably 70 miles. Yeah. 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 That's, that's awesome. How can they have the people find you? Uh, please, handles. Instagram. Yeah, at Food Music Life. Please go to my YouTube channel at Food Music Life Food Truck. Watch my videos. I guarantee you you will learn something. We'll get you. We'll yeah, get we'll definitely. Yeah. yeah. And you will hear that that pretty voice just teaching you how to make aiolis, sandwiches. Um. I'm going to eat so good that whole <laughs> 10 episodes. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do you have an update for us this week? On, on all the things? Bathroom. The what? The bathroom. Oh <laughs> my goodness, I so almost forgot. Well, you had to explain to Casey. So, all right, so <laughs> I have a thing. It's uh, Houston's Poopable Bathroom. Nice. <laughs> I'm and, so into this already. <laughs> and it's it is bars and restaurants that you can go to and feel comfortable going to the restroom um, if you've got to like defecate. <laughs> uh, so this week, now, most people in the bathroom goes to Anvil. Anvil, yeah. Now, if you've never been to Anvil, it is not a place that you just go to take a poop. It is a place that you go and you enjoy. Some you order of the, an old fashioned, and then you take, and then you take a poop. No, but it. it some of the best cocktails that you can get in Houston, some of the most creative, the process that it takes for the bartenders to even be able to make you that cocktail is absolutely ridiculous. But however, if you are on a nice date and you did go and eat something that just didn't agree with yourself, take your date to Anvil for a drink. You will leave feeling okay and ready to hit the sack. Star Rainbow. And this episode we're talking about. Carbine. This episode was brought to you by Howling Giant. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh I'm hungry. I wrote down some things. Yeah, definitely hungry. Man, we really I wrote down through. Thank you for uh I'm next time I'm out there I'm gonna stop by and say hi. Try yeah. some delicious food. Uh Marco Good job of being a meal. It's like, it's like, it's legit. Man. Oh, dude, I mean, he'll come over and we'll just talk yeah. for hours in case of just telling stories. We're going to put that, what we're going to do. We're going to put the kitchen in there. Maybe yeah. we'll do, we'll do we'll demos. Yeah. Also, I, want, I, I wanted to add in Casey has a book that he's working on. Yes. It, is I it am, published? Is it almost published? Or? I am uh, attempting to publish my first book. Uh, I don't want to release too much information about it because I've got to kind of keep that under wraps until I get everything finalized. Well, and hopefully by the end of this year, I will have a novel that is about a very, very good friend of mine 
who has a rare nervous system disease called Friedrich's ataxia. Um, it's almost like the curious case of Benjamin Button, like in a weird way, like basically think your nervous system starts to shut down on you around adolescence, like as you're getting into teenage years, and so your motor function stops working. So like you can't walk all of a sudden, and you're wheelchair ridden, but basically he has this disease. He goes on this one water rafting trip in Colorado and meets a woman with the same disease and falls in love. I mean, she's also a writer. That voice, that voice can narrate. <laughs> All right, if it, if it comes out on, you know, narrated oh, or book on tape, yeah, you're the person that has to read it. So, you have to read it. So you're an author. Do you, are you a musician as well? Um, <laughs> I used to be. Please don't be. I can't take it anymore. I can't. I can't. I've, like, written a lot of songs, oh, okay. and I've, like, recorded some, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not destined to be a musician. I need to just tell you. I thought you said magician. No, no, he said, yeah. I pull rabbits out of hat. Then I cook them. Oh, you I cook them. So you're an artist in every sense. Uh, I'm, I'm an artist in some sense, yes. I would definitely say that I have realized that I am an artist, but that's kind of why I'm writing a book, because the funny thing about my art is that it gets destroyed every time it's <laughs> So that's why I have to, like, circumvent cooking in some way, and now I'm going to write words, and hopefully they'll never be destroyed. H-Town, boy, y'all are in for a treat today. Oh. Any last words? Catch us on the streets. We're rolling. <laughs> you see rolling me rolling. Who we got next week? Next week, Nathan Chang from Oh My Dogie. Oh My Dogie! Coming at you there next you week. Next yeah. week. Yay. Bring me fries. They're not going to taste that awesome by the time you get that. What does that bring their food Just truck? drive the truck. You have to bring Nathan, the truck. it's been so long. That's the only food truck I've ever sipped put on this. Oh, oh My Dogie. Alright, well there it is. We'll catch up with y'all next week. We appreciate you tuning in. This is Manny, again this is Lindsay. Marco and Casey. Alright, we'll catch y'all next week. Time for work. <laughs>